This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, welcome in to the Stinky Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth here with my partner, Mike Evans. Uh, week two, uh, and, and we're going to, I mean, we're going to go at, well, one, the moneymaker picks. Uh, you did not bode well. I kicked your ass. I mean, ass whooping, which is great. Uh, undefeated, by the way, if you want to uh, make money, follow me. Or if you want to make money, follow Mike. <laughs> Just go the opposite of Mike. Either way, it works. Hey, listen, I'm one that believes in the idea that the first week is simply an extension of the preseason. Okay, is that what and you believe? And we really don't get right. rolling until week two. So. That's like when a coach comes out and says, hey, we want to start fast. Hey, no shit. You want to start fast? Like what? I've never heard one coach in my all my time playing going, here's what we're going to do. We're going to lull these guys to sleep. <laughs> we're going to play. Right, we're going to take some time off. We're going to really go slow. A lot of three and outs early. And then, boom! We're going to strike in the third quarter. You know, like, come yeah. on. Of course. Yeah. Uh, it's called the garbage game plan. We're yeah. going to come out playing like garbage. Okay, good, good. Uh, anyhow, welcome. Thank you guys so much for being a part of it. Uh, a big day as we uh, pick games and we get you set for Sunday's action. And we talk about these matchups. But, Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm great. I'm great. I'm looking forward to week two. And, and do you, by the way, before we get into some specific games, do you buy into the idea that maybe some of these results that we saw in week one, you got to kind of look at with a, a like, a bit of an asterisk, mm-hmm. you know, when you see the Giants losing the way they sure, did, or sure. or the Bengals losing the way they did. Do you buy the idea that hey, maybe that's something that you just put in the Week One category? It's not a sign of what it's going to be like moving forward. Yeah, no, I think there's I think there's merit to that. Um, you know, I think there's a couple things that happen to you um, during preseason. The way we play preseason one, a lot of guys don't play, so you don't have you, you're not in quote unquote game shape. Because you haven't played enough game football to be in that kind of quote unquote game shape, so that's that's one thing. The other thing is everybody plays it pretty vanilla, so it's it's mono and mono. Is my guy better than your guy? That's kind of how preseason works. In the regular season, it's about scheme. It's not just calling individual plays. Now it's calling an offense. It's calling a defense. It's about how we scheme against you. And the other thing is the unscouted looks on both sides of the ball. So. You know, you start to give a, a team a bunch of unscouted looks, things they're not prepared for. There's lack of communication. Next thing you know, you you give up big plays. And I think a lot can be said about that. So um, it is one of those things where you play really poorly week one. It does not define your season yet. It could, but it doesn't define it yet. But it does put you on the radio, radar. I, I'll tell you the other thing. You play really well week one, and sometimes teams go, oh, man, we've, like, Dallas, be on upset alert. You played really well in week one. Be on upset alert. Really? So you think they should be on upset alert against Zach Wilson and the Jets? 
Well, maybe not so much Zach Wilson and the Jets, but you should be on, like, you should be really honed in. Now, the Jets, unbelievable defense. And let me tell you Dallas what. Dallas has an unbelievable defense. Yeah, and, and when the Jets win, there's not one housewife safe, <laughs> not one mom safe when the Jets win because Zach Wilson, Howard, Cougar chaser. <laughs> That is that is part of his uh, yeah that is his it's part uh, of his thing. mo that's part of his mo it's part of his charm. Okay. What what about the Jets? Dallas and the Jets was going into last <clears> Monday <throat> night was uh, looked yeah. looked upon as the real highlight premium game of week two. I, I guess maybe in some respects it it still is a fascinating game because now we're wondering how will the Jets look without Aaron Rodgers and were the Cowboys truly that dominant in beating the Giants the way that they did. Yeah, you know, I think, and we'll, and we'll get in this because I have the Giants this weekend, right? I have the Giants, so I, I think I think the biggest thing focusing on the Jets. I mean, the Jets suit. Like I said, I picked them to win the AFC East. I, I think I might have picked them. I, I like to pick different things depending on what platform I'm on. That way, you can never be wrong. It's somewhere you had the right thing. Somewhere, somewhere you picked the Jets. I want to say we did on this. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. On the AFC, maybe. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to change that now. I'm going to amend. Well, you're uh, amend allowed that. to. You're yeah. allowed to. After this Aaron Rodgers, this was earth shattering enough. Yeah, but but that was um, that was a devastating blow. I mean, you went from being a Super Bowl contender to not being a Super Bowl contender. I mean, that's how, that's what a difference. That even if you find a way into the playoffs, you're not a contender. Right, you're just not in that defense has a chance to be. They were a number four defense last year without any real offensive firepower. So what are they going to be this year? I think they'll be a little bit better. But I mean, to come up, the one touchdown they threw the back shoulder fade was four yards on the front shoulder. It was just Garrett Wilson making one of the most spectacular catches you've ever seen. So yeah, they've they've got some issues. So you're not. Do you still believe this is a playoff team? The Jets. The Jets. Um, if they are, they, they sneak in at nine and eight, you know, and I, I, no, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think offensively, um, they're going to make enough strides to be a playoff team. Unfortunately, you've said some things about Dallas so far this preseason. Sure. That have gotten Cowboy fans mad. Did Mm -hmm. their performance change your mind at all? No, they're still big hat, no cattle. (laughs) That's what they are. Hey, they were they were they were great. You know, hey, if they if they can if they can count on getting a blocked field goal for a touchdown, interception, or a fumble return for a touchdown, and uh, and every team to just roll over and play horrible football, then yeah, and they had a lot to do with that. Don't get me wrong, the Dallas Cowboys are really good. They're really good. There's no question. Um, do I think they're going to take a dump in their helmets? Yeah, I do. To come playoff time, yeah. But they'll win a lot of regular season games. They are, they're the regular. They're, they're going to be one of the regular season champs. Now, folks, as much <clears throat> as Mark likes to say and talk junk about the Cowboys, one team he will never, ever, ever talk junk about are the San Francisco 49ers because he loves himself some Shanahan's. They're playing the Rams after. Really, what I think was the best performance of Week One, Dallas's yeah, yeah. performance was was awesome. Don't don't get me wrong, but I I think San Francisco, because I I think high I think more highly of Pittsburgh. Maybe it's my mistake. I think uh, more highly of Pittsburgh than I do the Giants. Mm-hmm. But San Francisco's performance was impressive, and now they get the Rams. Yeah, it it was impressive, and 
You know, one of the one of the features of Kansas City, I, excuse me, of uh, of San Francisco, and I think, like, I don't know, Mike, I don't know statistically where they would rank, but I, I would guarantee you as we sit here right now, having never looked at it, and you can look at it at home and, you know, send me a comment if I'm wrong or if I'm an idiot, but I would, I would assume that they were a top five team in explosive plays. Explosive plays usually defined as a 10-plus yard run. Some teams qualify them as 12-plus yard runs. And, um, and, and then 17-plus yard passes. Some teams go as far as 20-yard-plus passes. So I would assume that San Francisco um, is a top-five team in the league with three different quarterbacks started last year, which is absolutely insane. But they create a lot of those big passes in the play-action game because they know how to run the football. In a day and age where, right now, you look at the trend in the National Football League, and it really is a Fangio trend, trend, if you will, the Fangio trend. And and the Fangio trend is this, is that you're going to play some type of shell defense, right, a a middle-of-the-field open, too-high-safety look, and essentially, you're going to keep the ball trapped in front of you, and you're going to make a team go 8, 9, 10, 12 plays to, to score. And at some point, you're going to make a play, you're going to, you're going to get them behind the chains, you're going to do something that's going to keep them out of scoring opportunities where you're giving up field goals or you're creating punts. And, and that's kind of that, that's the Fangio trend, and everybody will do it. Now, in my day, you know how you got, you got a team that wanted to play you in two high safeties? You beat the shit out of them. You ran the ball, and you get them to play three down, or you can play middle of the field close, right? You get them to play a safety down, eight-man boxes. So you get those one-on-one matchups on the outside. That's how you do it in today's game because, you know, we're all about fantasy football, and if we don't get Johnny his fantasy points, he's going to complain to our PR department. <laughs> right? And so, anyhow, teams don't know how to run the ball. They, they, they think they know how to run the ball. They don't know how to run the ball. I was, asked to, I, was, I was asked to consult for a team. This is a year or two ago. And head coach wanted me to come in and consult the running game. So I said, okay, yeah, I'll come in and, and we can talk about it. And he goes, hey, man, <clears throat> we sit down in a meeting like this, right? And I really want to get good at running the ball. I want to focus on the outside zone. And I said, do you? And he goes, yeah, I'd like to why I brought you in here. I want to focus, you know, on running the ball. I want to run the ball a lot better this year. And so that's why I brought you in. I really focus. We really want to run the ball better. And I said, do you? And he looks at me like, yeah, I, that's why we brought you in. I want to run the ball better. And I said, but do you? And he goes, yeah, what? Like, Boy, what? At this point, he is really second-guessing and fighting right, you. Right, right. He goes, what, what, what? Like, what? And I go, let me tell you why I hate you. Oh, wow, this is going really well. Or what I hate about you is what, the, how I phrase it. Let me tell you what I hate about you. And he goes, oh, great, this should be good. I go, <laughs> why is it that you run it three times at two yards of carry, and you'll throw your hands in, your air, in the air and go, well, we can't run it. But you'll throw seven straight incompletions with your crappy quarterback and not think twice about it. I go, what it, it's a psych, it's a, a philosophy and a psychology issue that you're having. Not we don't know how to run the ball. You don't want to run the ball. You don't want to be physical. You want to be fancy. There's a big difference. It's like that cat food. You're going to go kibbles or you're going to go fancy feast, right? You guys are a bunch of fancy feast pansies is what you are. And until you start to learn how to do those things, 
you'll be that. Now, there's a reason San Francisco wins with whatever quarterback they put out there because they're going to dominate you up front. They're going to make you play what they want you to play, which is a single high safety, which you can only play cover one or cover three out of. And cover one and cover three are exactly the same on vertical releases because you got to play man. So now you can attack the seams. You can attack all go special. You can attack the things you want to attack down the field. You can attack them. Now you flag out play action, that safety, and then whew, right by him. So whew, to right su- by him. to support your whew, right by him. to support <laughs> okay. your argument. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Focus. Okay. I, I felt like I was channeling my inner John Gannon. Jonathan Gannon, right? To support your argument. Okay. Um, and, and this is fact. Deep shots, deep pass attempts. Shot, shot, shot. Yeah. Are defined as 15 air yards or more. Okay. Okay. Old air yard. So attempted passes, deep shots, were the lowest in the NFL last year since 2006. Yeah. Dan Orlovsky, one of your uh, uh, compatriots there when you were at ESPN, yeah. said that what what's happening, and you talked about it with the, the Fangio effect, is that teams are saying, look, and it started with Patrick Mahomes, we are not going to let this guy beat us deep. So effectively what they're saying sure. is, is that we're going to turn these home run hitting quarterbacks and make them hit singles. Yes. So yeah. is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's, it's a great. Whether it's, whether it's the Fangio effect and the numbers to back it up, we're not seeing as many deep balls being thrown. Correct. And all you have to go is week one right here against the Raiders, where the Broncos only got six attempts, but or six six possessions, but they they I mean the Raiders played a very soft shell coverage um, versus any zebra package or three wide package that like 11 personnel one tight end one back and three wides and and they played essentially a soft shell coverage the whole time and made Russell Wilson check the ball down get out of it get it out of his hands and so I mean there's a couple of things you can design some shots in doing that but there's two things that have to happen one on those underneath routes you got to have somebody break a tackle you got to have somebody that, that is athletic enough to break a tackle and make something happen. And then that's one. And then two, um, you got to run them out of it. Mm. And you got to be, you, you've got to go, okay, you guys want to play that? We're going to bludgeon you. I mean, bludgeon you. All of a sudden, a little safety comes dribbling down from 12 yards and you put somebody's Rydell on them, you know, a freaking guard, you know, whatever it is. So, like, that's that's what has to happen. So basically what you're saying is Vic Fangio smartly and other teams have adopted it, is that part of our defensive strategy is we're going to use yeah. offensive play caller stubbornness against them. Sure. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Stubbornness, stupidity, ego, ego, you know, whatever the whatever the We're uh, going to win superlative. My yeah, whatever superlative you want to throw in there. Again, it's it's guys they don't want to win that way because that way let, let's face it. And, and I've said this a million times. I've probably said it on this podcast. Let's face it. You know, you know what is like Viagra to eighty-year-old owners? An offensive coordinator that throws it all over and develops a young quarterback. Like, oh my God, this guy's got so many yards, and this guy did this, and this guy did that, and that. I mean, instant head coach. Bam. That's what it were. That's what I mean. That that is that is like I said. That is the little blue pill. So 
Speaking of San Francisco, uh, excuse me, speaking of Kansas City, Chiefs coming off a loss, mm-hmm. got surprised at home, opening night. Now they're on the road at Jacksonville. Intriguing game because mm. you got to figure Kansas City's going to bounce back because they're the yeah. Chiefs. But yet Jacksonville is a is kind of a sleeper pick for a lot of people as being a team that could end up in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, if they are AFC Championship worthy, I guess yeah. you make a statement this week against the, the Chiefs at home, right? You, you need to. You need right? to. You need to. But you do tend to feel like the Chiefs are going to bounce back. One, remember, they only gave up 14 points as a defense to the to the Lions. They scored one on a pick six off of uh, off of the hands of Kadarius Toney. Hands made a feat. I mean, that was terrible. And they get Chris Jones back because he signed. Like that's that's a defense with a lot of young players that actually played really well against a very good Detroit offense and a dominant front offensive line, and they only gave up 14 points, and they're going to get one of the best players, a top three defensive lineman in the National Football League back in Chris Jones. So that's big. And I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think they'll probably get Travis Kelsey back, right? Practicing this week. Practicing this week, if they get Travis Kelsey back controlling the middle of the football field, I mean, that seems to bode well for the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, did, did you hear the news? No, what news? About Travis. Oh, that news. Go ahead, share it. So Travis Kelsey, when, what's her name? What's the, this, Taylor the, Swift. Taylor Swift. What's her name? Yeah, oh, what's her name? So Taylor Swift Mark comes. Mark, up to date on pop culture. Well, so Taylor Swift comes to Kansas City to do a concert. And apparently, Travis Kelsey makes her a friendship bracelet with his number on it. Very smooth. To try to, <laughs> to try to, it's like when, when you were in grade school and they said, you know, you sent a note to the prettiest girl in school and said, will you go with me? Check yes or check no. My box always had the yes, check yours, most of the time, no. But. He sends her this bracelet, Mike, this will you go with me bracelet or tries to get it to her. And her people basically say that Taylor Swift is not that into you, right? That she does not do, you know, pre-concert meet and greets and all this. So Travis Kelsey got shut down. So now you pick up the story. What happened? Well, and I'm going with actually a very recent report. Uh Uh-huh. A source tells Entertainment Tonight, where I go for all my entertainment news, Sure, that Kelsey and Swift are, quote, not officially dating. But they're hanging out. But they are, however, hanging out. Both reps, reps for both people say they are, however, yes. hanging out. Yes. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hanging out doesn't mean dating. Oh, today, in today's world, hanging out? What are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> when your kid says, oh, I'm just hanging out with her, then, or she says, I'm just hanging out with him is even worse. Yeah, the hangout thing is, yeah, the hangout that's thing code is, for. that's the code for, uh, <laughs> it's about to go down. <laughs> it's about to go down. Okay. So what do you think? What do you think? With well, this? I think it's awesome. Because 
it, I, I, I am rooting for these two kids. Yeah. Because you're rooting for them? I'm rooting for them just because I know it's not going to last. And so when they break up. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine the songs? Can, yes. The album? There's yes. going to be a whole album, a whole Taylor Swift album. Yes. With songs about there's Travis no, there's, Kelsey. There's no question that that Moran's going to screw this up, right? right? There's no question. Right? You can't, yeah, I can, I can already, I can picture the title of the album. Okay, think about this right here. It'll be like this. It'll be tight end. Loose morals. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the like yeah. I mean, there's nothing better than a breakup album. Oh my god! Or a she's gonna it, lover scorned album. Right. She's gonna eviscerate him. And and her coming up with one. He had a tight end, but he had loose morals. Right. New single's gonna drop here. Boom. All right. Hey. So- Taylor Swift, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. I know she listens to the podcast. Yes, you know she's a big fan. Yeah, big fan of the podcast. Truth podcast. I cannot wait till uh, Travis Kelsey screws this thing up. Jacksonville, Jacksonville showed pretty well against the Chiefs in the playoffs last year. Yeah, yeah. So when you when you look at Jacksonville, mm-hmm. what what do you think is holding them back from being able to really confidently talk about them as a AFC threat. Well, I listen, I they they won a playoff game last year. I think they are a AFC They're threat. They're here right now. Right. I yeah. think they I think they truly are. I think their quarterback is a, a dynamic young guy. Um they've got you know, they've got they've got really good players. I I love Doug Peterson. I think he's I think he's great. I think he did an unbelievable job not only with the franchise last year, um but I thought he did an unbelievable job with um with his quarterback, especially after the first year where that first year was a wash under Urban Meyer. It was just awful. So to get him back in on on pace, and then they went out and got Calvin Ridley after his suspension. Yeah. Calvin is a real I think that was I think that was one component of their offense that when I watched him, I did a Jacksonville game like week six last year. The one component of their offense to me was they don't really have a guy as a receiver that's that dynamic oh shoot type of guy. It was like, how are we going to? It it was like you're going to have to execute because all these guys to me were kind of classic number two, more possession guys than anything else. So I think that gives you kind of a a, a threat to to be a big play guy. Well, right away, great connection between Lawrence and Ridley. Eight catches, hundred and uh, hundred one yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. Last week, so we got uh, Kansas City and Jacksonville, Buffalo and the Raiders. We saw the Raiders up here mm-hmm. in Denver. Uh, impressive performance yeah. by them, eking out a 17-16 win. But Buffalo, what what's going on with Buffalo specifically? What's going on with Josh Allen, yeah. who has just been a turnover machine going back to the end of of last year and picked up again on Monday night against the Jets. Right. Yeah, I think at one point. Uh, he had more completions to the Jets than he did to the Bills. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Um, listen, I, I told you this before the season starts, and one game does not a season make, but I told you that I had concerns about Buffalo, that I had concerns about the regression. And one of the things, remember when Josh first got in the league, Mike, it was he was much more a running quarterback than he was a throwing quarterback. And people even after two years were were concerned, like he's completing 52% of his passes and, you know, he's running the ball too much and all this, that, and the other. I, I get concerned with their propensity just to be a spread offense. It's almost like they just want to be like this college type of offense and they want to uh, – 
you know, they want to beat you that way. I think, who's the coordinator? Is it Ken Dorsey's the coordinator? It just feels to me that they can't condense formations and just basically out-physical you on the offensive side of the ball. They want to out-finesse you on everything. And it's only a matter of time before something happens and Stephon Diggs is pissed off again. And, you know, I mean, that where there's smoke, there's fire. There was something that went down. And I told you this before the start of, of this season. Well, it's why I picked one of the reasons I picked the Jets to win this division. They feel like they're crumbling a little bit within, to me. And, and I don't have any inside information. I don't know. But... The turnovers, the the issues they had in the red zone last year, turning the ball over, um, the fact that you are just throwing it up for grabs against the Jets, that you're not uh, – I just I, – I I, I've got an issue with the way they're playing the game right now. Is Josh Allen maybe the poster child for what we were just talking about earlier in this podcast about this Vic Fangio-style defense and how the air yard attempts yeah. are going down? Because if you, if you go back to Monday night, I think at one point – uh, his, his, all of his attempts over 15 yards have been picked off. Yeah, yeah. And maybe this is a case where the big arm of Josh Allen just isn't fitting right. with the way the teams are defending these days, and maybe he has to, and the Bills have to, adjust what they do. Well, they throw a lot of underneath stuff. You know, Stephon yeah. Diggs is there. You've got guys like Gabriel Davis. They've got uh, Knox, the tight end. They've got great – I mean, they have got great weapons. So you, you're going to have to get to the point where – you know, you're going to have to get to the point where – you're like, okay, let's take what the defense gives us. I think you get a little, when you have that much talent, you get a little frustrated doing that. And I would like to see them mix in a little bit more power run, a little bit more multiple tight end formations. I, that's, that, again, that's because I'm old and I know I'm going to get a bunch of people on here that are young and, and play fantasy football that are going to argue with me. Um, and you people are idiots. Tampa Bay and Chicago. Uh, this was yeah. expected to be a big breakout season for Justin Fields. Uh, you got a lot of Justin Fields believers out there, but how should those believers feel after Week One? I one of the money maker picks. We went head to head on this one. I I like Chicago last week. Yeah, you did. Shame on me. Right. Justin Fields and the Bears let me down. Is this is this a sign of? more serious things to come for Bears fans. I think one of the things you try to do as a coordinator, Mike, is you try to take these really exceptional athletes that play quarterback and eventually you try to morph them into drop back guys. And I think that's what's going on in Baltimore. I think there's a lot of that. I think we saw some of that transition in Philly last year. Um, But there was still plenty of quarterback run, quarterback you know, RPO game. There's plenty of that stuff mixed in as you were starting that transition. And ultimately, why do teams do that? Because teams don't really look at that model as sustainable and championship caliber. They really don't see the confetti fall in their in their mind. They don't see that as being confetti worthy. Like they're not going to win a championship doing that way. We're going to have to we're going to have to rely and develop more on the protection of the pocket. And I think what ends up happening is at some point you have to embrace that that's a very slow process. And you don't make that process in one off season. And you can gain in that and you can do some things in that, but I think that's one of the things you have to get back to. I mean, they had the big free agent acquisition in DJ Moore. I don't remember if they traded for DJ or but um Moore can flat out, that guy can flat out play. And I think he had maybe two targets last week. I mean, it was like he was non-existent. 
you're going to have to find a way in the context of, hey, Justin Fields running with the ball, Justin Fields in the RPO game, Justin Fields on the boot keep game, eliminating half the field. I think you have to get back to that because that's the strength of what he does. And and in that, you'll find opportunities to be more drop back, but don't limit yourself because that's not what he's best at. Let's get to the game you're calling. Giants, Arizona. What would be your message to Giant fans who are probably freaking yeah. after the way that they got beat like a drum by Dallas? Uh, you've had a chance to mm-hmm. dive deep into the film. Yeah. Was it as bad as it looked? It no, it wasn't it wasn't as bad. The first drive, the Giants dominated the yeah. first drive of the game. I mean, there was a. I think the first play of the game was a power play out of split back, and you know the tight end came and followed the guard. It was a seventeen power, a great double team between Thomas and um, and uh, it's Bredesen, uh, Bredesen I think is uh, is the the left guard, but I'll know that by Sunday. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, great double team off to the back. I mean, it was like a six, seven yard gain. And then they came back two plays later and they ran a 14 handoff sift, a tight end motions across and he comes back across and then 14 handoff and there's a little bend back to it. And that was like a nine yard play. Great by the center and by the right guard, Glowinski, like a oh, great double team. I mean, they're dominating line of scrimmage. They, they drive it all the way down the football field and it's, a, it's a dominant drive. And then, they jump off sides on a quick set by Andrew Thomas. So now they go from third and two to third and seven. And then they have a botched snap, and Daniel Jones got to chase it back. And then a block field goal for a touchdown the other way. And, you know, the next thing you know, it's history. They get back on the field. They put another drive together. Eventually, you look up on the clock, and you're down 16 to nothing. And you're like, how, do we, how did this happen to us? And what ends up happening to you, Mike, is now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, you're in that mode where, well, we got to scrap pile everything mm-hmm. we were going to do. Now, there's no offensive line in the league that can be successful when you're going to throw it almost every every down. Like everybody, and especially against the front that Dallas has. I mean, they rotate. Odigi Zuwa is a great player. They've got Lawrence is, is a great player. Obviously, uh, Michael Parsons is a great player. I'll tell you the other thing that happened, and this goes back to what you talked about the first game of the season. When you get, we used to just call them bastard looks. When you get shady, like dirty looks, let's call them dirty looks. Let's, uh, that word, let's not use that word. That's a bad word. Um, let's call them dirty or muddy. Yes, because we know you try to avoid bad words on this show. Yes. Muddy looks. So, what it, one, one of the things that happens is you got to be on the same page. You have to have played together. You have to see a lot of things, right? And when all of a sudden a team gives you these unscouted, muddy looks. So, for instance, you're, you're trying to decide, hey, are they in a three-down front or four-down front? It changes our rules, how we block guys. Are, is this guy in a four technique or a four-eye technique? Do you know the difference between a four technique and a four-eye technique? No. Okay. So, a four technique would be played by a three-four team, your head up on the offensive tackle. A four-eye technique is when you're inside shade, just slightly inside shade of an offensive tackle. But a four technique or a four-eye technique is usually the three technique guy, which the defensive tackle slides out wider. Why does he do that? Maybe you're pushing the outside envelope on the run play, right? And so he wants a little bit more width. Maybe it is that you're going to pass. It's a known passing situation. We want to run a tackle end game. Maybe he's out there because you knows you've got to kick out to him and he's going to get softer edges on both sides. 
So it's a pass rushing technique. But if I look at it as a guard and say, oh, I think that's a four, and you as a tackle go, oh, no, that's a four eye. My guard's coming to me. And you don't communicate that, and all of a sudden ball snapped, and you set, and you're like, oh, shoot. Right? You're like, that's what happens. And when you watch that game, there were so many mental errors and so many alignment errors issues that they had with Dallas. Dallas did a great job of basically getting in all these muddy looks and confusing them. And then the Giants did a really, their coaching staff did a bad job with some of their formations that put their players in in tough positions. And so that stuff is easily cleaned up. Easily cleaned up. Um, 40 nothing is an ass kick, and I, I get it. But I come away with that and look at a lot of the issues can be cleaned up. Now, their right guard, Mark Lewinsky, those two things, like, this is a note to him in case he listens. I'm sure he does. I mean, I think, Along with Taylor Swift. Right, I think all offensive linemen. This is mandatory. Okay, here, get, okay, this is it. Okay, Mark, those things hanging out of your shoulder pads are called arms. <laughs> okay? The things at the end of your arms, those are called hands. Fucking use them. Lord have mercy. You're walking around like like a, like a steel, like you don't have any hands. Cripe sakes alive. Excuse my French. Dude, I've never seen, I was like, it was like you had double stingers, like you had dead arm. I mean, it was, a, I, I, I rewound eight, eight plays going, what are you doing? Like, wait. Did so they say you can't use your hands today? So, so if a SEAL's playing offensive lineman, it, it, it sounds like what? <laughs> like, 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 I don't know what he was doing, dude. It was like he had dead arms. Okay. <clears throat> so they'll fix that. Is what I'm, that's what I'm trying to tell you. They're going to fix that. All right. Okay. You ready for the moneymaker picks? Mm. Mercifully. <laughs> what was I, 3-0? and You were 3-0. and hey, You I were 0-3. 0-3. Yeah, like I said, Man, hey. that is an ass. Okay, here's a, how the game works, by the way. extension of the preseason. Yeah, if, if you want to make money, either bet against Mike or go with me. Either way, it's going to work. You're going you're gonna to win a lot of money. Uh, here's how it works. Mike now gets to pick first. I pick second. I can't repeat his picks. The only thing I can do is I can go, I can go head-to-head with him on a pick, but I can't repeat his pick. So this is how we play the game. It makes it a little tougher, right? So here you go. You got your picks. Go ahead. All right, here we go. We're going to start. Uh, I did not believe in Green Bay last yes, week. you were not a believer. I was not a believer. Now you're like I the monkeys. Am hey, a hey, believer. you're a believer. I am a believer. Uh, so I'm Because then take... you saw their face, and now you're a believer. I'm going to take Green Bay minus the one on the road at Atlanta. Ooh. Okay. Oh, at Atlanta. Ooh, I don't like that pick. And then I'm going, I'm going with oh, the heavy favorites. Oh, yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're a 49er. Now, I'm I like, saw the air of my ways, so, even though I hate true, the Shanahan. True, true story, true story. So, on our radio show, um, Mark does a masterful job of taking some of the things I say on air, and then they, <laughs> through the wizardry of editing, they make it sound like I said I hate Mike Shanahan, he which d- I he never said. said. It. He said it. And he so hates we're playing all this on Shanahan. the radio. I hate Mike Shanahan, this and that. All of a sudden, Mark gets a, a text. <laughs> yes. What does it say? It says, I'm listening. <laughs> it's from Mike <laughs> Shanahan. Shanahan. So I love the Shanahans. Yes. Kyle, yeah. Mike, Peggy. All of you. So I'm going to go uh, San Francisco minus the eight okay. at the Rams, and I'm going to take uh, Dallas minus the nine 
over uh, Zach oh Cougar Hunting Wilson. So I'm going oh heavy with the my, uh, favorite. So my, there's mine. My goodness. Okay, right. so uh, there. Bet against Mike. Win money. Uh, here are the official. The here are the official picks. So I started three and zero, and I'm going to keep that trend. Uh, that trend will continue. Uh, I'm taking Kansas City. I think they're going to Jacksonville. Giving three and a half? Ooh, yeah. I'm going to take the Chiefs on a bounce back after a Thursday night where they win that game if uh, if to Kadarius Tony's hands aren't made of feet, right? If he just puts some hands on the end. Or if he was a seal receiver. Right. I mean, Lord have mercy. Talk about batting the ball up. Maybe they switch him to DB. Maybe, maybe that's the direction they go. But I like Kansas City. The bounce back win. Chris Jones is back. Travis Kelsey is back. I think they win this thing by a touchdown. Okay? So then I'm going to go the battle of the rookies. And I don't know where Anthony Richardson's going to be, but I like Indianapolis as a football team better than I like Houston. Um, I'm taking Indy. Maybe Gardner Minshew will play that game, which actually gives them a more of a, to me, more of an advantage to, to operate that offense. I'm taking Indy. I'm giving the one. Okay, so I like that. And then uh, my last game, um, where's New Orleans at? They're at Carolina. At Carolina, um, rookie quarterback making some mistakes in Carolina. He is a tiny little guy, by the way. On film, he just looks... Wee little fella? Like, yes, he does look like a wee fella. Like, uh, like his name should be Seamus. And still in Lucky Charms. Like that, like, like that wee like a wee little guy. Uh, so I like uh, I like New Orleans versus Sheamus and the uh, Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go New Orleans and Derek Carr, um, and I'll give the three. Okay. Sounds good. Oh, are we done? Bounce back. Bounce oh. back, baby. It's going to be the greatest uh, story ever told. It will be the greatest story We're going to look back by week told. 17. We're going to be laughing that Mark was uh, patting himself on the back after starting 3-0. Ooh, 3-0. Okay, we'll see. Uh, they give out the Super Bowl trophy after week one, apparently, in Mark's world. All I know is the sisters were kinder to Andy Dufresne than I was to you last week. It was a beatdown. It was a beatdown. You can clarify it as a beatdown. Hey, for everybody involved in the Sync Truth podcast, we uh, totally appreciate you guys, as far as you know. Uh, we, we like you guys a ton. Uh, leave some comments. Uh, if you're winning money off of my picks or losing money off of Mike's picks, uh, we appreciate or you. Or winning money off Mike's picks. <laughs> going Maybe, the opposite. Oh, if you're going opposite, yeah, then you could win money off Mike's picks. For everybody involved, thank you so much. We'll be back with you guys uh, next week. <laughs>